Hi. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the ground floor of the next mental health revolution. Fundamentally, people want to be seen and heard, and it doesn't take a professional to provide that. Peer support is transforming people's lives, and we're going to show you how it's done. We'll start each podcast with a check-in where we'll describe our here and now feelings. Think how you would honestly respond if someone asked you, how are you? Then we'll choose a topic and talk from our own experiences about what that means to us. No direct questions, no advice, no disagreement, just open listening and validation. And at the end, we'll check out. How are you now? And that's it. Well, alongside the podcast, we'll be providing support, guidance and connection around the topic each week on our social media and on our meetup. So head there now, during or after the podcast to get and stay connected. But for now, let's get into it. Hi, John. Hello. How are you doing? I feel like that's my signature intro into this podcast. I've been been sort of doing some self-reflection now. I sort of do this hello type thing that I never do in real life. Hello there. Maybe I'll make it my brand and it's how I greet everyone once we get back to, to real tangible life, which is starting to feel not that far away. It's lighter. I definitely noticed like just a little bit inside and doing stuff. I've been looking out the window thinking it's lighter. It's lighter. It's nice that the, there's a correlation between the weather getting better and life getting better. It feels like it's going to crescendo. You know, what is it? 21st of June is this positive date. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like literally the longest day of the year or something? Isn't, is it it's either the 21st, 22nd of June or the 21st, 22nd of July? By the way, this is great content for everyone listening. But I feel like it, it really feels like it could be this huge crescendo, this moment that we'll always remember as much as we've remembered the shit year. Um, we'll remember that that sort of period of time as well for being so amazing, especially when England go on and win the Euros. So, I, I haven't even thought of that. There's so many things that I've just not allowed myself to think about. But right now, I think we should check in. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm off on one. I'm rambling. I am feeling, if you can't tell, a little bit manic. I think um, I was doing a little bit of kitchen dancing before, which I only catch myself doing when I'm like really relaxed or if I'm a bit stir crazy and I don't know which of the two it is. I think I only leave the house about three times a week at the moment and that's, it, it, that's not healthy. And it, <laughs> it, 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 I am really busy and then I can't really justify leaving the house. I did, I did yesterday, I dragged myself off to Media City to go and sit by the water for like two minutes and then walk back. Um, but yeah, I think that's how I'm feeling a bit manic, a bit stir crazy. How about you? Well, I feel better having, you know, spoken to you, but uh, as I always do, but yeah, exhausted, emotionally exhausted, emotionally drained. Um, yeah, I've, how, how do I put this in, in, in nice terms? I've been balancing the needs of a lot of different things, the needs of volunteers, the needs of members of, of the community, the needs of clients, my own needs, and still feeling like afterwards, like you've done something wrong or somebody's annoyed at you. And and I'm absolutely exhausted and I'm just, I want to just sort of have a long, hard look at myself and say, you literally couldn't have done more. In, you know, I feel like I've done two weeks work in the last three days. Emotionally, I feel like I've done six months work in about 48 hours. Um, so, you know, it's time to say to yourself, to, it's time to, for me to say to myself, give yourself a break because uh, you've got to, you know, prioritise your self-care. And that leads very nicely onto our topic this week. Which is self-care. 
you know, if I could prescribe you some self-care based on what I understand of what's happened this week and what you've done to remedy all sorts of ills whilst taking on so much challenging and new stuff in your professional life. Um, yeah, you definitely need a bit of a, a bit of what we're talking about this week. I think the difficult thing is I can't do that for two reasons. One, um, no one can. But secondly, even if, even if I could, even if I had the power to give that to you, I really struggle to define or have really struggled to define self care, both theoretically, but also just generally in a practical sense. A lot of the time people are like, do something that for you. But I think when I was at my absolute depth, I remember this one moment when my ex-girlfriend, after we'd broken up and we'd been through the sort of routines of one person wanting to get back together and then the other person wanted to get back together. And at this point it was me and I was in a real bad depression. And she said to me like, oh, I've been really working on myself. And like, I, I wrote down a list of all the things that I care about and all the things that mean something to me. And she said, you know, maybe that would help you. And I said, I literally can't think of anything. And when I was in that space, if you said to me, oh, do something for yourself, there was nothing that I would have got anything out of. Um, a lot of that was because I was in a bit of a victim complex and we've discussed that in previous episodes. But yeah, I think I find it really difficult to, to know what self-care actually is. Well, yes, I'm just going to take a big, a big breath here because it, it's self-care and self-compassion, which are which are both tied into this topic, are so much easier when things are going well. Like, it, 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 let's not sit around here and piss about and say it's easy because it's not when you're struggling. And because uh, you're tired, you're tired of, like, it, whether it's mental illness or just managing your mental health, which, you know, mental illness and mental health are two different things. Um, but it, it's tiring, it's tiring. And to, to then get up or, like, get your brain up or get yourself up to to do these things and a lot of these things seem like a reach so I'm almost wanting to start my own campaign to make self-care easy but I think it's the little things like just before coming on this uh, you were having your tea and I said I went down and made a cup of tea for myself and my wife but I just gave the dog a stroke and and just little little you know like keeping it easy because for me right now I know I'm working really hard and, and I I think it's massive that I want to champion self-care for myself going for a run's going to be too much for me Right now, um, doing like you know, it's the, the classic things. Go, go, do some exercise. Go, do some yoga. Do a mind, do a mindfulness. Do some mindfulness. Do, I, 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 no, I just can't do them right now. I just like I, I, I just can't get myself in that headspace where I can create the time for that. I could have a cup of tea or watch something on TV, have a giggle, but already it puts me. If I'm in a bad mood, someone saying self care will piss me off, and if I'm in a good mood, someone saying self care, I'll be like, yeah, that's really really nice. So. It's 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 not as easy, you know. Let's not, I don't think, and either of us are toxic positivity people, but yeah, it's uh, in the current mood I'm in. It's going to be difficult, but the fact that like I had I prioritized my own therapy, that's the best kind of self care I can have. But uh, I really want to kind of explore it more in this topic for the benefit of others as well. I think that's the paradox of almost all positive behavior. We talked about getting help last week, and in the groups mm -hmm. we. We talked about that being difficult to, to really integrate into your way of thinking because actually the getting help is the first bit. Actually, what you do with that help is not easy. It's hard work. It is, it's retraining a mind. And there was a lot that went into training it to be negatively wired. 
is going to take a lot of unraveling to get it into a positive place. And I think self-care is part of that picture of that hard work. It can be an activity. And then we talk about self-compassion, which I think, you know, you take those two things, slightly nuanced concepts. Self-care maybe being the things that you do and self-compassion being the way that you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. Then both of those things are really tricky to do. And the irony is the more you do them, even when you're feeling crap, the potential benefit is better. But you have got to do that balancing act that you've just described of not pushing yourself too far and feeling guilty when you don't hit the standards that, you know, either are arbitrarily set by other people or definitively set by your, your counselor or your therapist as homework or or you're just saying, well, no, I don't want to feel like this and I'm going to do this and sort of. We've got examples of that across our entire community, exactly those types of stories being told in, in, in the groups and in the podcast club and, and in different forums as well. So the one thing that I do really want to sort of give out as the, the advice or the, the statement that really helped me to understand how to manage my relationship with self-care was self-care isn't about activities. I think that's, that's what it manifests as, but actually self-care and self-compassion are just the antithesis you know, the absolute opposite way of thinking to self-hate. And when you're depressed and when you're anxious, you can get into such a self-hatred zone that self-care, self-compassion are just anything that you can do to break that. Yeah, there's so much in that in terms of like um, behaviours that you've used to adapt or soothe us. So like I, I always loved having a laugh. That was a way of getting over stress and, you know, mental health wasn't on the agenda like back then. And, and you know, I go out with my mates, but then it got to a point where I feel like I'd have to be drinking, for example. And I don't want to get go on about drinking, but but like it'd be then, and then I'd be thinking, where does the fun? Wh- how much of it is just the drinking, or how much is it fun? And then the problems that came after it with the the beer fear and the anxiety and all that, which we've talked about many many times. But uh, yeah, self care is it is difficult when times are hard, and and I'm all about making things accessible, and and you, and when you're working so hard you almost think like you can't spare the time. That's the thing because you're so much in anxiety work mode or fight or flight mode or, or whatever uh, that you feel that you've got all these threats to deal with. So to, to take some time off to like have a walk or not, and to, like, I have to start turning my phone off now for at least like half an hour here or an hour here because I'm just getting so many messages and so many connections and it's like I just don't have any respite, any breathing space, but I, I've got to realise I can control that, but I'm feeling guilty for it. And, and you know, these are things you break out of, or you have to just slowly kind of put things in place and, and draw a line and say, it's okay that I'm not contactable all through the day. I'm actually got to do some work, you know, like it's great to like, I don't know. Do you know what, do you know what I'm getting out there? Or is that just something? Yeah, I think, I think, I think boundaries are like, they come up all the time, right? Yeah. We talked about boundaries being a way of getting help. Boundaries are so important because putting boundaries in place again is, is a form of a self-compassion because you're saying, I know I won't be able to deal with all of this, so I'm going to make sure that I don't have to deal with all of it. It's like proactive self-care. You know, it's not reactive. It's not, mm. I'm feeling like this, so I'm going to go and have a massage or I'm going to go to the cinema. Or Unfortunately, yeah, the, the, the other thing that you mentioned there about me, I've talked about it before, I feel better when I'm around groups of people. And so I got into a cycle of things that probably were potentially positives, mm. self-care activities did become toxic for me and did become... Yeah. Um, almost a dependency. So I was able to snap myself out of that self-hatred, but only temporarily. It wasn't actually making a difference. And by temporarily, I don't mean 
it gave me some respite for a little bit and then I was just back where I was. It would give me some respite for a bit and then I was in a worse place. It was like one step forward, two steps back. Um, and, you know, primarily that was drinking, self-medicating, staying out far too late, making decisions that didn't benefit me. Uh, the age-old story that I've told many times, but I think that's the thing. We can see certain things as being for us, if I frame it like that, rather than it being self-care, self-compassion, I'm doing this for me. And my mum gave me this advice. She was like... Um, when I was when I was sort of going out all the time and I was just living, you know, a very single lifestyle, not really thinking about other people and the consequences of whatever. I was just living a very individualistic lifestyle. She was giving me advice, and this I suppose goes back to the getting help conversation that was so well-meaning and correct in a lot of ways. But I, the way I allowed it to give me excuses for not dealing with my stuff was, she said, just just do it for you, just. Just focus on you. And that's a fantastic message if handled correctly. But when handled in a cycle of not considering the consequences of your actions, both for yourself and for other people, primarily for me, it was for myself, you, you do end up in that toxic, repetitive behavior. Yeah, I mean, on the other side, I, I think I over consider my actions and it's like that directly then kind of brings the compassion element into it. It's like, well you know, like you have to take actions in your life. Like you can't sometimes like you've got, you've got to arrange a meeting, you've got to send a message, you've got to deal with a problem. Like these things, you know, I think we need to get away from the fact that we can start, I don't want to be running away from things, you know, and there's no perfect way to, way to deal with every situation. But let's say there's 150 things that I had to do in the last three days, I'd say 145 of those things I could just say, I'm I'm completely fine with those 145 actions. and But the, the, the power of the anxious mind will then take me onto those five things and uh, analyse it. And really, a couple of them are, what could have changed that word in that message? Could have changed that word in that message? And, and ultimately, you can't please everybody. And, and all that comes down to me having a high level of self-awareness. I feel what's happening to me in my life at the moment is I'm becoming... And I, and I recognise I'm becoming frustrated and it's affecting my self-care a little bit at the people sometimes lack self-awareness but I can't be expecting them to do my self-care for me like yeah we're all caring to a certain extent but they don't do it for me I've got to make that time and, and say and and have enough self-worth and self-confidence to say I deserve to have some time off or I deserve to and you, you did it with work and you were struggling and stuff and it it's it's part of self-care but I don't want to just always have to do it when I'm at a point where I feel like oh, I'm really stressed today, like I need to do something good to myself. It, it's my right as a human being to like have nice things and do nice things. Like, and I'm not talking about eating caviar and all that shite. I'm talking about like, you know, decadence or anything like that. I'm talking about just basic nice things. Where I, I deserve chocolate oaties to, yeah, yeah, chocolate biscuits or, or a few hours off or just something I want to do. And I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like, you want to lead your life a little bit more. I feel like life is leading me at the moment. However, I understand the context of running a campaign, training to be a counsellor, doing all these things. So I know it's there's a not there's an end date on a few of those things. So, but if that was my life twenty four seven for the rest of my life, I would really worry that I'm not putting enough self care in for myself. An important statement you made that's two words long, but I think is vital in this whole conversation is I deserve. And that is something that I think someone in a position of experiencing depression or anxiety or just feeling low or just in a bit of a rut sort of tells themselves they don't. And we often see that in our community, I think, 
through statements like, I'm sorry I didn't come to the group. I've worked on this thing that I've read about saying it's a really deliberate choice of mine to not say there's nothing to be sorry for or something. It's it, it's more, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. I'm trying to not invalidate their feeling whilst acknowledging that there's no fault or blame there for them. And, it, and it's interesting because I think if they don't feel like they deserve it, then it's going to be less effective and it's going to be more reactive and it's not going to be as considered and it's not going to be as powerful. You've really got to get to that place where you're like, yeah, fuck you. I deserve to be helped. I think we had a post about that today in the group and stuff. I deserve to be helped. I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel validated and I deserve to make my own choices. And I think that that, that sounds easy. And for some people it is easy, but for a lot of the people in our community and listening to this and that we know, that's one of the hardest bits. I've, for the benefit of listeners, I've sat up in my chair because that, that is, that's, that was a real catalyst for me. Yeah. It changes the way in terms of the, because compassion is one of our values, but I started to be a lot more compassionate to myself when I went through and dealt with or, or addressed a lot of the, you know, roots of my own mental health problems. And that's really, really important because I can now say like when I'm caring or I'm offering, I'm very good at offering care and compassion, but the way that I've done it has changed. It's gone less from a people pleasing, I want people to like me place, more to the fact that the care and compassion I can provide is very high quality care and compassion. That comes from my own experiences, from my own training. And it often, it manifests itself in, in a little bit of challenge. So if I feel I deserve to be listened to, and I genuinely believe that, then I can, I'm happy to advocate to people that they deserve to be listened to. But at the same time, somebody might be, might be complaining about something and I might turn around and say, I feel you should consider therapy, especially if you can afford it, because that's where you might get it. And, and, and before I would have never said that because I'd be like, what if they turn around to me and say, you're out of order, you're whatever, you're this. But it's like, how could it be out of order to suggest something that's looking... I'm I'm listening. I'm listening to you. I'm hearing you, or I could say I'm wondering if you've considered therapy for this thing. And I've just changed the way I speak to people, but I've come more, become more assertive, but not in a direct, aggressive, and challenging assertive way. Like those kind of people, like no, thank you. But like I've noticed that change. I mean, that's because I've, I'm more compassionate to myself. You know, I'm not offering help just willy nilly. Like if you're just sat there, like oh, let me help you with something, like because I want to get that validation for myself it's like if i notice something i'll kind of know what to look out for if that makes sense you're acknowledging your own abilities confidence and skills and that in a way what you're saying is being self-compassionate it sounds like a soft experience but actually what it does is really give you strength and really provides you with that foundation because if you've not got your back if you're not at the end of the day telling yourself that you do deserve to be heard to be listened to be respected to be you know, when you are an expert in something or you have trained in something that you shouldn't put those, you know, perspectives across to people that might benefit from it. If you've not got your back in any of that, then it doesn't matter how many external voices might say supportive things. Like if I said to you, Mike, you're fantastic at supporting people and counselling and you're great at listening. And but you didn't believe it and you'd not, you know, been compassionate to the to the times when you've doubted yourself and actually worked through that, then then it would all just fall by the wayside. It would just, it wouldn't help. So I think that it's an interesting consideration that actually this kind of practice that we're talking about here, this um, stopping negative talk and, and, and cutting the circuit really where you're getting into a position of self-hatred is a very powerful and strengthening thing 
I think that's a really important takeaway rather than thinking it, it is just the activities that I can do that feel nice. It's not just about that. It's about, it's about building that foundation. Yeah. The, I mean, the feelings are massively important. I've started to believe by seeing the evidence of what I've done. I've woken up every day and it's right there in front of my eyes or it's on my phone or it's in the interactions and the connections that we, I, we meet by doing this with you. These are all evidence of, of the compassion and care that I've shown to myself, which has then progressed onto other people. And when I, for me, I see people doing it with themselves, like looking after themselves, showing themselves compassion, not being too hard on themselves when they've tried something and giving it a go. And that's how you start to believe because it's that showing up and trying it again. But I went, go flipping back to how I said at the very, very beginning, I'm not ready to to do the run, do the whatever. I almost want to go back in time and say, well, you could, you could just go for 10 minutes tomorrow morning. But it's that, in that mindset, even then, 25 minutes ago or whatever, like I just wasn't in that mindset. And and like, it's fine, just wait until the mindset is right. But if the time is right and, and you feel you've got the time, you're not working or you've got the spontaneity about you, self-care could start from a very, very small thing and see what happens. I think when we put too many goals on stuff, too many we you know we quantify it like we've got to do this eight, eight times we've got to do this and make we make a list of 20 things it just becomes like work and and work life and stress life is very heavily regimented everything has to be done by a certain criteria life creativity fun love it's off the cuff it's it, it's mm. what makes us alive you danced in the kitchen that's what i want to see yeah it's mindful really i know we use that word over and over and over again in, in mental health circles but it really is like the best self-care you can plan it but then when you're doing it you need to be doing it you know what i mean like and and if you're planning stuff that overwhelms you i think that's the balance isn't it between not letting yourself just float around and never get round to it build it into your life somehow make it a routine or just make it small so you can access it but actually when you are doing it you need to be able to just just focus on that and i think you said that you know you weren't in the place to to go for a run 25 30 minutes ago or whatever but you've actually participated in some self-care and compassion by doing this talk. And we know that when we have these talks, it has that effect for us. We know that we've tried that. But one thing that really led us to this point or led me to this point specifically, seeing effective self-care and compassion in other people is a really good way to get yourself into it. Reading about it in a book or hearing someone evangelize about a particular form of self-care, I find that less accessible than actually my mate, I see him do this, or, you know, I've participated in this with someone and it really what you know, actually seeing someone who's nailed this or is getting better at it is a really effective way of really getting your own headspace into, into a self-compassionate um, way of thinking. And I think the other thing that you touched on, something that we could all just do, this is not difficult. When you're in a bad place, you can feel emotions like jealousy and anger and frustration when other people seem to be doing things that you're not or they're succeeding and you're, you feel like you're not because you're talking to yourself like you, you've, you're a disappointment, you're a failure, all of these things. So therefore, you can't accept or see the good in other people's situations. When you're in a good place, you can do that. You, of course you can. Now, a form of, a form of self-care is to flip that and be like, I'm going to feel good for other people because in turn that makes you feel good and actually building that into your life, you know, celebrating other people, um, uh, noticing successes and being able to sort of push away absolutely waste of space emotions like jealousy is something that is, is, is a very practical, very small thing 
but over time, again, like everything else we've discussed, really, really helps to just create a different type of mindset. I mess up all the time. Like I was saying, but I mess up less because I'm learning from my mistakes and, and I'm, I'm happy when I come to a group or when I speak to people, I'm happy to just say that. And, and, and it, it doesn't have as much power over me. So I show myself better compassion or put it in my speak. I cut myself a lot more slack. Do you know what? Mm. What more could you have done? If, if after all those things that you've done right, some people have still got a little bee in the bonnet about you. That has to be on them because I know how meticulous I am about trying to cover every base and trying to be, you know, aggressively compassionate at times. And if that doesn't work for everybody, I'm really sorry, but I can't really do any more than what I'm doing. And I'm saying that more to myself as well to to prove to myself that like end of the day, for me, number one thing is keeping people safe. Okay, anything you do, keep yourself safe and keep people safe. But beyond that, like you have to have an element of showing up for yourself. And if there's people who are in crisis, we'll help them, of course. But I don't know. I just feel like, what more could we be doing? Yeah, I think that's that's sometimes very difficult because I agree with you. I'm quite aggressively compassionate. And actually, mm-hmm. some people see that as disingenuous. And it feels fake to people that don't know how to be like that. To people that aren't naturally compassionate to other people, yeah. the irony is those people are often the most self-compassionate because they give themselves so much of a break. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about one end of the scale and a narcissist, mm. a narcissist will almost never tell themselves that they're shit. Well, they won't. They just won't. That's part of that mindset, won't they? You know? So, actually, the irony of this is the more outwardly and other people people are with their compassion, the probably less instinctive they are with their own self care mm. and compassion. And so, if you are that way inclined, you've got to query and question why that's the case. Why are you not allowed to? Be compassionate to other people. We say this to each other all the time. All the time. It's like one of us will apologize for something or, and it'll be like, there's nothing to apologize for. You, you know, if you were in my situation, you would have done this and you would have felt exactly the same. And, and that really is actually, you know, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I'm just so bad at self care, but then re- reflect, but I am really good at giving other people compassion and space and patience. Why? What is the difference between that person you're speaking to and the person you speak to every day in your own head, which is you. We just are not as gentle with ourselves. We, we, we have often have higher higher standards. But what what is like when with all this self care, all this self compassion to ourselves and other, you know, and outwardly to others, what is truly good? What is right? How do we measure it? And I suppose I would say you just do what feels right. It comes into your gut. If you think it's the right thing to do to reach out to that person because you feel that they might need it. You might question your intentions or whatever, but if you really, truly think that there's a drive there to do that, and it comes from a good place, then, then just do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You reminded me almost of the flip side, which is if you do want to do something for yourself or if you do do something for yourself, I don't even mean like, oh, I, I took the time to meditate or I journaled tonight or I, you know, had a pack of chocolate biscuits. Just if you make a selfish decision in life, give yourself a break after. Like we get this weird thing in life. I get this weird thing in life. I can say I can't speak for anyone else where... If we have a moment of selflessness and we help someone, we almost feel like, but am I just doing that because it makes me look good or it makes me feel better? And that's a load of bullshit. Fuck that. Like, get rid of that straight away. That's useless emotion. Like, who's that helping? But equally, if you do do something for yourself, don't feel bad about it. If you've not hurt anyone, you know, if, if you did have that extra cake or pack of biscuits or five oatmeal and raisin cookies that I had today, then, you know, 
just leave that. Just let that. You don't feel the guilt. It, it sounds like I'm I'm being glib there, but it really could be as something as small as that. You know, just just allowing yourself to sometimes look out for yourself because, like you say, we a lot of people who feel like this do help a lot of other people all the time. So give yourself the same consideration. Eat those biscuits. Self care isn't selfish. In the right context, like if yeah, if I'm in a room full of people, if I'm on the Titanic and it's sinking and I jump in a, a boat ahead of the women and children, yeah, then 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 that's selfish. But like I'm thinking, these caring people, giving yourself something nice or be, saying nice things to yourself, it's not a crime. It's it's actually a very healthy thing. Yeah, I agree. And uh, there was an interesting part of the mental health first aid course that we did around self harm, which obviously is considered very differently to self care, and they're not really thought of as related i don't think you know self-harm being a very particular context in people's minds self-care being this new age well-being type thing to most people but i think they're very closely related mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that came up in the self-harm discussion was that self-harm is often a response to not wanting to burden other people so it's like i want to compartmentalize my own shit by just dealing with it in this way and by feeling something else so that I don't feel the other thing, so that I don't impact on other people, mm. which I had never thought of yeah. regards self-harm. Self I, I, I never, ever, ever, because I've never been in that situation, physically at least. I mean, I, 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 would, I don't mean to be patronised to anyone that's ever experienced self-harm, but, you know, I, I probably self-harmed in other ways, you know, mentally and then behaviourally, but I didn't ever hurt myself physically. But if you flip that, self-care is like the opposite of that in the sense that you're not shutting down emotions that you don't want to give to other people. You're embracing the good emotions that you have so that you can share it with other people. You know, it's like if you cultivate a sense of happiness and joy and freedom and mindfulness and inquisitive nature and, you know, all of that, if you're cultivating that in yourself by practicing these things, you'll give that to other people, you know, happy people are generally giving, are generally truly social. Happy. Are gen yeah, truly happy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and all you're doing really by self-care and compassion is, is just energising that part of yourself. Mm. Whereas with self-harm, you are shutting down the other side of yourself. So they're two sides of an interestingly similar coin. I don't know if that metaphor works when you say similar yeah. coin. I think at least. I don't know what psychologists might think of that analogy, but I think it was just something that came to me whilst you were discussing that there. I mean... I'm wondering if you think this is a good place to to, to stop because I feel like I, I don't know I feel like I go on forever but I also feel like I'm really happy with what we've covered if that makes sense. It's good self care to say that you think you're done now. Like enough enough is good for me. I, the last thing I would say is like self care could be something as, as basic as putting in a coping mechanism so you don't get to the part the point where you're harming yourself. A commitment to not harming yourself by developing a coping mechanism, like. Screaming into a pillow is better than pissing somebody off. So my, my mantra, I always check in with myself, is don't be a dick. And I sometimes, if I'm not, if I'm worried, I might ask you, John, I'm say, John, am I being a dick here? And if you say, no, you're absolutely not being a dick, then that's a commitment to, to self-care on my part to being not a dick. And, and I suppose that's a good place for me to say I very, very much enjoyed this chat. Don't be a dick to yourself. I will take that on board. And with that in mind, I think we should check out, John. All right, yeah, I'm feeling spicy. I don't know. Is that an emotion? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I was feeling manic before and I feel, yeah, that, 
the conversation there didn't really go along the lines of I thought it might, because I thought when you talk about self-care and compassion, it, it, it tends to be like, and I did have this thought halfway through the conversation about, are we going to talk about the things that we do for self-care? Like, are we going to get quite, you know, uh, typical with this? Like, that's how, where it goes, you know, what do you like to do for self-care? I like to put candles on and listen to spa music. Then it, we didn't really go down that lines. And so it's made me a bit, I don't know, a bit forthright. I think I'm feeling quite forward focused. If that's a, if that's a thing, yeah. it means that I'm slightly out of my controlled nature. And that's maybe why I'm not making a huge amount of sense, but yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. In a way, like I, you are a very controlled guy. It's nice to see. I don't think you've been triggered or affected by this. It's just nice to see different parts of you and like, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how that will go. But yeah, I, I suppose for me, I feel, yeah, I feel good. I feel like things have set in place. I feel very resolute, very, very sure of myself. Yeah, we could, I could have been there. I love a bath, you know, I love listening to music. But does, do people need to know all that? They know they can run a bath. They know they can put the radio on. <laughs> what I like is we gave real shit. We gave real things. And, and, and I'm, I'm pleased that we're doing that. This isn't here for me, you and me to tell people, you, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yes, there might be, like, suggestions of that in there. But that's not the core of what we do. Give us, you know, I'm going to say to myself, give myself a bit more credit for that. We're giving just our perspectives. And that's what anyone can give because you everyone's an expert on their own stuff and, and I just feel like I just feel passionate and motivated that this is like real stuff that people can just take and reflect on just by reflecting on something that's a form of self-care because then that could stop you from not being a dick and I've got to make sure that I'm not a dick to myself so that's kind of my checkout. That was followed by whether or not it's still in the edit a big slap on the knee like an old country singer or something which is great great to see I think uh, I think that's a great checkout, Mike. There was something in there that you said about I'm sure of myself, and I think that's the aim, right? To be sure of yourself. I think sometimes that statement comes with negative connotations, but why? Go out there and be sure of yourself. That's the aim. Don't be a dick and be sure of yourself. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your interest in what we do. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe, share, or review this podcast. And if you'd like to have a chat, join a session or just have some fun, then come find us at Talk About It Mate on all social media.